So there are three types of people in the world. We talked about this a couple of years ago, those of you that were here, but I want you to kind of look at yourself and see which of these categories you fit into because you fit into at least one and perhaps you will go back and forth between more than one. And uh, it might be a little bit hard on you to realize where you fit, but let's look at this. Uh, and if you've got your bulletin, you can follow along. But there are takers, there are traders, and there are givers. And we can see this illustrated in a lot of different areas, but let's just uh, look at uh, the upcoming Christmas holiday as an example, right? Um, how many of you like to get gifts? Yeah, you're a taker. Okay. Um, <laughs> how many of you like to give gifts? All right. That's good. You're a giver. Isn't that awesome? You're so blessed. And how many of you like to exchange gifts? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's your traders. Not traitors, traitors. <laughs> Have you ever been to one of those white element, element? Elephant. elephant. I'm sorry, I wore braces for two and a half years at my age and I'm still getting used to my new mouth. It doesn't do what I tell it to do all the time. White elephant, have you ever been to one of those? Yeah, so you, you get a gift and if you really hate it, then you can like trade it. Have you ever tried that one, that version of it? And so, you know, everybody's like fighting over some piece of, you know, hardware. Uh, well, there are those three types of people. Let's start with takers. Uh, and so if you were filling out the bulletin uh, and following along, that's the first one in the world. There are takers, traders, and givers. A taker's interest is only in self. This is somebody that's just interested in themselves. They operate really largely by what we could call the law of the jungle, right? I'm going to get mine. And who cares what anybody else thinks or what anybody else gets? They're just out there to get ahead, to get theirs, and they don't care what other people uh, have or don't have. Uh, a taker may be rich or poor. That's number three. But they refuse to share. They refuse to contribute. You know, when you're a kid, you're taught to share. Children, we love them but they're naturally selfish. They're naturally takers. You have to teach your child. Now, some kids, uh, they learn really quickly and they just have a, a different spirit or a different temperament about them and they may be naturally more giving. I've had, okay, so I, I'll go back to this. Um, uh, Monica and Anthony, Anthony and Monica's son, Amos, uh, was, upstairs forever and he was like I think he was like two and every time I would come to the little toddler room where he was if he was playing with something he would come up to me and he would offer it to me so his you know if he was playing with a truck he would come up and and he would try to hand me the truck right natural natural giver but you know children can't care for themselves so they have to receive if they're going to survive literally but what we have to do is we have to teach our children to be something other than a selfish taker all the time so that's why you teach your kids to share going all the way back to when they're in that toddler phase right um, so there's two words that children learn very very early you know, you think, oh, oh, his first word was mama. No, there's two words they learn. You know them. They're both monosyllabic. What are those two words? No and mine. Yeah. Point, point made, right? Okay. So, um, you know, I, I, I find this on the road as well. Um, it's very interesting to me 
that when you drive in certain parts of the Metroplex, people like to take advantage of you on the road, right? They don't give the right of way, they take the right of way. And some of those people are driving really, really nice vehicles that I don't want to hit because I have decent insurance, but I don't know if it's going to cover some, you know, $100,000 jalopy that they're driving, okay? Um, people can also be less inclined to be giving when they feel like they want something badly or when they feel like they're under pressure. For instance, I've mentioned this in the morning when you're in traffic and you're going to work or going to school, you can find that there, the level of impatience, uh, that is the level of impatience has risen. The level of patience has declined and people are you know, taking advantage. How many of you have to wait in those lines to, uh, to drop your kid off at school? Yeah, do you see some of this on those lines? The parents that are like, hey, get out of my way. My kid's more important than you. Number four, some takers are dangerous. They're predators. You have to be careful. There's bad people out there. Hopefully you're teaching your kids to be aware, right? Um, you're teaching your kids. Some kids are just naturally more trusting. They really are. Um, they're just, that's just their heart. But you have to teach them. You don't want to, you don't want to cause them to be hardened or jaded, but you have to teach them to be careful, don't you? because you don't want them to be taken advantage of. Uh, I was just upstairs and uh, uh, Elijah and uh, Sarah's newest baby, Aria, was in the, the little toddler room and uh, you know I waved at her and whatever and she just kept looking at me and looking and then she put her hands up and I thought, oh, but if I pick her up now, I won't be able to put her down. <laughs> So, but you know, she knows me, she's been around church and whatever, but some kids are just like that. You know, I'm not her parent or her grandparent, but she's willing to let me pick her up and carry her around. And, I, and actually, if I wouldn't have been in a hurry, I would have picked her up. She's a super cute kid, right? But we have to teach our kids to be careful, to beware of predators. I teach a karate class on Tuesday nights at The Rock. And one of the things that I want to help our kids understand is that they need to have 360 degree awareness. These, these are the adults in our class as well, uh, young people. You need to be aware of everything that's around you because there are predators out there. They will take advantage of you. Um, predators are bullies. Predators are molesters. Predators are thieves. And you have to be careful and you have to watch because they're out there. But these are takers, right? Number five in your, in your outline, next are those who live according to the natural law of reciprocity. Say reciprocity. Okay. So reciprocity means you reap what you sow. You pick what you plant. And there are people that understand that that is a natural law out there. So when you sow good things, you reap good things. When you sow abundantly, you reap abundantly. So there are those that just want to steal everybody else's crops. But there are plenty of people that realize, no, if I want something, I'm going to need to work for it. And I need to work for a trustworthy employer or I need to work for myself and do something that I'm uh, reasonably good at so that I can reap what I'm sowing. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, you need to work if you want to eat. He said, those who don't work, don't eat. Jesus said, a workman is worthy of his wage. So you should be paid for what you do, and you should be paid appropriately for what you do. So there's a lot of argumentation out there about minimum wage, this and that, and the other thing. And, 
you know, disparaging comments are made about people who are working in entry-level positions. Oh, they're just bur flipping burgers. They don't deserve that. Have you ever flipped burgers? Because although it doesn't require a tremendous amount of education, it is actually hard work, right? You know, oh, that person is out there and they're just, you know, the sanitation worker. Do you know what happens when there are no sanitation workers? Yeah. I think there's a little bit of arrogance going on there, and I understand capitalism and all that stuff, um, and I'm no socialist, but I want you to understand there's some of these things that we're jumping up and down and getting behind. They're just not in the Bible, right? But a workman is worthy of his wage is, and if he doesn't work, he doesn't eat. That is, right? So um, we need to realize that this natural law of reciprocity is operating uh, on a regular basis. And so those who understand and operate according to the law of reciprocity, we could call traitors, say traitors. All right, and these are people that understand, whether they realize it or not, they understand business. Business is based on investing, creating something, a, a worthy product, a product that people want, and then they're going to uh, be willing to purchase that product from you. And so, yeah, that's just, that's the way God has really designed the world. So if we were back in the days of farmers and you lived and you had a piece of land out there and you didn't go out and plant, then come harvest season, what would happen? Nothing, you're not gonna pick anything, right? But if you go out there and you plant and you tend the plants and they produce fruit of some sort, then you go out and you harvest that and you eat it or you sell it. Uh, and you know you receive something back from it. So really, the last class of person is giver, and we're gonna get there, but in order to give, you've gotta work because you've got to create value. You've got to, you've got to get some resources, right? And givers don't go steal, the, you know, Robin Hood, fine little myth or whatever, but you know, that's not the way the world works. You don't go and steal from somebody else so that you can give. Most of the time, somebody that's willing to steal is just doing it for themselves, right? So, um, traders, right? The, these who operate according to the law of reciprocity. Number six in this outline, traders give in order to get. They understand that if you're going to get something, you've got to give something, right? And this, the, the, you'll find this law throughout the scripture. You, you really will. Um, a trader, to them, everything is a transaction. Now, let's go back to our, uh, our Christmas example. Uh, I enjoy, you know, exchanging gifts. I think that that's great. But I've, I've made this point to folks before. Um, have you ever had somebody give you a Christmas gift and you went, oh, no. Not because you weren't happy to receive the gift, because... Now I got to go buy something else. <laughs> am I right or am I right? Yeah. It's like we exchange, right? We exchange. So, you know, we feel bad if somebody gives us something and we don't give anything back. Listen, I stopped living by that a long time ago. I don't know who's going to give me anything ever. And if I wanted to be as generous as I would like to be, I would be broke because look around you. This is not a big church, but there's a lot of y'all out there. Right? And I got to go and buy and buy and buy and buy and buy. So if you want to give me something, just don't expect to get anything in return. Okay. <laughs> That's why nobody gives me anything. It's awesome. No, I'm not a, I'm not a taker. I like to give. Um, 
But I don't, I don't like that about Christmas. I don't like that, that sense of obligation that you feel, no, I have to do this. See, that just guts the idea of giving, right? Giving should be generosity coming from the heart. That's just what I want to do. And if they want to give back, boom, that's awesome. And I'm going to be thankful. But you know what I'm going to be more thankful for? The fact that they thought of me. The fact that they cared enough. And somebody who goes out and carefully picks out something that they knew I would like, it doesn't have to be something expensive. Just something they knew I would like. It might be, you know, some food item or something like I'm. That's amazing. All right. Um, so now that he's not here anymore with us uh, and I won't embarrass him because then he would be upset with me. Um, we lost our brother Vernon last year. He's the oldest member of our church. He was 96 years old when he passed away last March. Vernon always got me Christmas presents. Vernon always got me birthday presents. Most often, do you know what Vernon would get me? Glorious gift card. Because he knew that I was there all the time. And so he would go to Glorious and he would buy that gift card. And he would also give me a Dillard's gift card. Because he knew that that January 1st sale that goes on at Dillard's, buddy, you can, you don't have to steal. That's, they're giving this stuff away. So, you know, if you need clothes, you just wait till January 1st. You got to show up early at the door and get in there. I mean, it's better than Black Friday, let me tell you. But Vernon always, he cared. He was a giver, right? So uh, Vernon, you know, didn't go to Baylor University, but he knew that Pastor Craig and I went to Baylor. And uh, so Baylor went through some transitions recently in their football program, some of them good, some of them bad. We had a really good football program back in around 2014, and they built a completely new stadium. And so there was the last game at the old stadium. Now, um, I don't know if you've tried to buy football tickets lately, but they're not cheap, <coughs> right? Vernon got us tickets for the last game at the old stadium at Floyd Casey Stadium. Vernon got us tickets at the first game at the new stadium. He was just a giver. That's what he wanted to do. And he didn't expect me to respond in kind and to say, oh my gosh, you just spent how many hundreds of dollars on this? Now I got to go figure out what to do. How am I going to eat? That's not, that's not what he was about at all. So, you know, I gave him what I could give him. He, we would go to Gloria's every other Thursday and eat. And when he ended up uh, that he could no longer live on his own in his apartment, I went and visited him uh, at least once a week, often several times a week where he was living. So, uh, yeah, and, and you're like that as well. I'm not bragging on me. I'm, I'm bragging on somebody that were he here, he would not like me saying any of this. He would be upset. He would be bothered, which, by the way, Vernon used to also buy us uh, the, uh, the Easter lilies every Christmas, and he would buy us poinsettias for the church every, I'm sorry, Easter lilies every Easter, poinsettias every Christmas. Brand new, beautiful plants that, that he would buy. This was hundreds of dollars. That's just what he wanted to do. And he'd say, Pastor, don't tell anybody. <laughs> I'd say, yes, sir, Mr. Vernon, exactly what you say, all right? So, um, yeah, um, 
Let's go down to the economy of Christ's kingdom is not based on reciprocity. It's based on grace. This is number eight, which means God grants us favor unconditionally. Um, I heard, uh, I've heard more than one preacher use an acronym as a way of understanding grace, right? G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. So God's kingdom operates in accordance with grace. Salvation is a free gift, amen? All you have to do is receive it with open arms. All you have to do is trust the Lord. You've got to believe that you need to be saved. You know, if you think that your life is perfect and you're going to skate into heaven on your good works, well, you're not saved, no matter how good you think you are. We've all got to receive that free gift that Jesus paid for on the cross. And by the way, when you receive a gift, somebody has paid. Amen? Nothing's free. Nothing is free. Always somebody pays. So we need to be prepared to realize that that price for our salvation was very, very high and Jesus paid it. But in so doing, in offering us that gift of salvation, he created a different form of economy. Um, it could be called open reciprocity. That's what one, uh, one very, very smart individual has called it. What it means is that we're in an economy that operates in accordance with grace. It operates in accordance with giving, right? Um, so how does that work? Well, number nine, those who receive God's grace are thankful and they become givers as the result. What do we call this holiday that's upcoming? Thanks what? Yeah, so you might say, hey, Pastor, I don't have anything to give. But you do. You can give thanks, amen? Somebody offers something to you, you may be humbled by it, and you can always offer thanks back. And that's something that we need to be very impressed with when it concerns our God. I think that sometimes people stop receiving from God because they stop thanking Him for what He's already done. People stop seeing miraculous things happen in their life because they don't recognize the miracles that God is already performing. You've got to recognize that God is in fact already working and give Him thanks. That's worship. That's fundamental to worship. I become very grateful. And so as the result, I want to give. I want to give something in return. And what do I give in return? Well, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, in that you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So I look for opportunities to help. And as I help somebody who is in need, then I believe that I'm helping the Lord. See, that's the open door to this open reciprocity. You have to have something to give, amen? If you don't have any money, you can't give money, can you? All right, if you are so super busy that your schedule is completely full, then, okay, we, we have lots of opportunities to volunteer around here. Next week, you can volunteer to help decorate for Christmas. Uh, Christmas on the Square, you can volunteer to man a booth. You can create a booth if you want to. There's a sign-up sheet out there on the table. Uh, we've already got a few people that I pointed out after I put the sign-up sheet down there, you know, to run the popcorn, to run the hot chocolate, um, you know, all of that stuff. Well, if you've got time and you can dedicate the time to that, during that two hour period, then you can give, right? But 
let's say, and I hope this doesn't happen, let's say you, you were sick that day. Well, obviously, then you don't have anything to give. So you have to have time or you have to have talent, something that you can do. This is what our, our musicians do every Sunday with, with us. Or you have to have treasure. You've got to have some resource that you can offer. And that can be, that might not be, you know, uh, an excess of money. But as Pastor Craig pointed out, there's some seriously good food back there. And by the way, I made beef stew. And it's plugged in upstairs and I'm going to bring it down. Yeah. Oh, it's good. I'm telling you, it's good. Y'all didn't vote for my chili. Whatever. Josh won the chili. Actually, his chili was really good. Not as good as mine, but it was really good. But, you know, I don't normally cook, but I've got an Instapot. You know what those are? My mom used to always cook with pressure cookers. So you can throw stuff in a pressure cooker and then you just seal that puppy and it'll do in 20 minutes what you would have to, you know, take all day uh, doing normally. So, yeah, um, I discovered the amount of time that some of you put into your dishes. It, it took me like half a day to make that stuff. But in any event, um, yeah, number 10, the giver doesn't expect the recipient to repay anything, but trusts God to reward them. So this is the thing. The giver just needs something to give right? You need your time to be rewarded. You need to have talent that you can offer. You need to have treasure that you can give. Where do you get that? You see, the person that is in the natural that has that business mindset says, well, I've just got to go out and work for it. But the person that is a natural giver wants to see God multiply what they're doing. Amen? Amen. They realize that they've got to work. They've got to do something. But you know, sometimes we just receive... Uh, you know, a gift to ourselves that we didn't give. And so we offer it. Um, we, I had a, a young man at Intrinsic. It was the end of the night. I want to say it was on a Sunday night. It was the end of the night. And he offered me a, a sack of, of this meat that they have over there called Burnt Ends. And I, man, yeah, that's really, really good. But there was somebody else in the restaurant that I thought would benefit from those Burnt Ends more than me. And so I gave them to that person. Well, it's not because I didn't want them, because I did. <laughs> but if I want to keep receiving from the Lord like that, then I need to let that flow through me. Amen. I need to be willing to share, which, by the way, we you know, I, I, I was messing around about these kids earlier um, and I was talking about uh, Amos. But uh, there's there's. Uh, um, Another one of our little boys that was back here and he was eating. It looked really good. It looked like chocolate covered graham cracker or something like that. Oh, my mouth is watering right now just talking about that. And it was, I think it was, it was Malachi that was back there. And he was just chewing on that. And I said, hmm, that sure looks good. And he's like, here. Well, that's really nice of you, but you spit all over that and I'm not going to do that. Because I'm not your parents, right? But when you give, you don't expect anything in return because you're relying on God to repay you or God to reward you. Amen? Amen. I'm not giving to butter somebody up so that I can get in good with them. I'm not bribing people, which there's actually there's a text of scripture about that. Did you know that? 
Jesus told about a, a guy. He, he was not a natural giver. He was just smart. Um, and so in a sense, this guy understood what some people who were just takers and they just want to steal don't understand. And that is that people are more important than stuff. Amen. Yes. Say that. Say people, people are more important than stuff. Listen to this. I, I printed this parable. This is Luke 16. I'm sure Pastor Craig will get to this eventually. Um, he told a parable of uh, an unwise steward, an unwise manager that got fired. And his boss said, all right, settle accounts. You're done. And so in the process of settling his accounts, he went to each of his master's debtors and he said, how much do you owe my master? And, you know, the person would say, uh, you know, 100 uh, bushels of wheat. Scratch it out and write 80. But the master didn't know, right? Uh, how much do you owe my master? And this guy would say, you know, uh, you know, this many barrels of wine. Scratch it out and write this. And he would lower it. And he didn't steal from his master like he could have, right? Just take money. What he did is he ingratiated himself. You know this word? He ingratiated himself to each of his master's debtors. Listen to what Jesus said about this. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted, excuse me, whoever can be trusted, yes, with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money or both God and wealth. So even people that are naturally traitors can understand that people are more important than stuff. But givers understand that all the time because they're just giving because they want to bless other people and help other people, not expecting anything in return. They're not seeking to ingratiate themselves with people as this uh, unwise steward was, okay? So the giver doesn't expect to, to get anything to be repaid, but he looks to God for the reward. So we receive God's grace and we become givers. That's the, the conclusion of my message. You need to receive something. You've got to have something to give. You've got to have a changed heart. And that's going to be, that's going to happen when you receive God's grace, when you realize that he's offered salvation to you freely. And then that makes you grateful. And that gratitude makes you give thanks, right? Thanks giving. And what you're going to find is that God is going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Amen? God is able to bless you abundantly. I like that word. It means over the top. It means you don't just get a little bit. Hey, guys, girls. Y'all, sorry, I come from the West. That's Guys just means everybody. Y'all, God's not stingy. Amen? You cannot outgive God. 
So choose to be a giver today. Let the Lord bless you so that you can be a blessing. Number 11, the last one in your outline there, God promises to prosper the giver so that he or she will always have a surplus to give. So you be a giver. Now this isn't one of these messages that was focused on giving money in the offering, right? Um, you know, we'll take up an offering after this song, but that's really not what this message is about. It's about us going into the holiday season with the right kind of attitude, with the right heart, so that we are giving thanks and we are giving gifts because we wanna be a blessing and we want the Lord to continually supply us. Listen, I will tell you this, years and years ago, I used to look at the, the Old Testament uh, principle of tithing. You know what tithe means? 10%. You give the top 10% of your income to the Lord, which in our economy, that means that that's your home church. And what I used to do is say, well, that's the law. Tithing is the law. I'm just going to be a giver. And so I wasn't principled. So sometimes I would give too much and then I would overdo it and then wouldn't have any for a while. And so I would, I would give too little. And so long about 20 years ago, I said, you know what? I don't care what I think about this. It's, a, it's not a law, it's a principle. And that principle means God deserves my, my first and he deserves my best. That's what he deserves. And so I have consistently tithed right back to this church every single week since then. And God has always supplied my needs. We've been through some difficult times in this church. And I'm sure in the past year and a half, you've been through some difficult times but you need to learn to put the Lord first and trust him to reward you, amen? amen? And that means in everything, time, talent, treasure, all right?